is the In Business Podcast with me, Cass McCrory. Together, we'll listen in and learn from people in business, from solo entrepreneurs to leaders within large enterprises and the span in between. We're going to learn about their approach to the work, to creating fulfilling lives, and defining success for oneself. Perspectives and opinions reflect those of the guest and Cass McCrory, respectively. Show notes and references can be found at inbusinesspod.com. Your reviews are appreciated. And frankly, I celebrate each one. Friends, today we're talking to Danielle Hughes. She is the Chief Personality Officer of More Than Words Marketing. And I've got to tell you, I love this conversation. Danielle's work takes her to this place where she gets to help people show up as them, the real them, online, in their resumes, on their about statements, all of these different places where we have to figure out how are we supposed to show up? And Danielle has this, this thing that she says that I just think is so resonant and gives us a great kicking off point for our conversation today. How you talk about yourself, yes, it's about you, but it's for the person that's checking you out. I love this. You're going to love this conversation. Let's get into it. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Cass. I'm excited to be here. I want to kick off where we always do. Tell us a little bit about who you are and the work you do in the world. So I am the chief personality officer of More Than Words Marketing. That is a branding and copywriting consultancy. And what I do is I help people be more themselves in their messaging. I basically give you permission to brag about yourself, talk about what makes you special and have no qualms about putting that out there in the world so that you can attract the right audience and repel the wrong ones. Mm, I love that so much because I think, and this is particularly difficult for women to do because we have been conditioned since day zero of life Mm -hmm. that the way you're going to survive is to get in line. Yes, correct. And so to stand out, it's not to be overly dramatic about it, but you have a trauma response. And I work with a lot of women in this. And I will say this is also just an introvert thing. I find that this happens with a lot of engineers or computer science people or people in tech. If you are not an overly social animal, you have probably been... You're, you're ragingly smart, you live in your brain, and you don't know how to put those words from your brain out of your mouth because it doesn't feel right. And a lot of times it's not, I do like to say you should go to Bragtown population you, but it's not even about bragging. It's just, here's something that I do well that chances are I take for granted and other people would find value in it. And all I need to do is tell them that I do this one thing well. It's not even boasting. It's like, shining a light on something that you're just innately good at that probably other people are good at too, but you do it in a way that's going to resonate with a certain type of person that you would then work well with. Yes. And it's not bragging because it really is. It's not about you. It's about how you get to be you in a world and be of service. Right. It's about you, but it's for them, meaning for the person you're talking to, for your audience, et cetera. Like when not to get too like businessy, but when I work with clients and we work on their bios, I say your bio is about you, but it's for them. It has to serve the person reading it. Otherwise they don't care. And so this is not, I'm so great. I do this. I, I it's, 
I hear what you need and here's why I'm uniquely qualified to help you. So to your point, it's like you are in service. You're telling someone, here's what I do well, but this is why it's important to you. It doesn't just mean this is something I'm good at. It's how does that goodness help you solve your pain point or your struggle or your issue? I always look at it like it's almost selfish to not share. Yes, exactly. Because by not sharing, you are limiting the ability that you could positively impact somebody's life. Yep. I love that too. Yeah. When we think about why our professional and our, and even our personal gifts need to have some amplification through a channel, whether that's email or social, or do we have to? That's a question that I've been getting a lot lately. Do I really have to do that? And I'm curious what your perspective is. I, you need to be where your audience is. So they're somewhere and you got to figure out where they are. It doesn't mean you need to be everywhere that they are. I, I think like, it's important to pick the channels that you're comfortable with or that are going to allow you to be the most consistent with your messaging So don't do every social channel because you've been told you need to be on every social channel. If you have to do something, pick one that you already like and start there. It's baby steps, right? You're not going to wave a magic wand and everything's going to be like amazing. It's going to be easy for you to put out content and easy for you to change everything, but you have to start somewhere. You start with your bio when that feels comfortable to you, when that expresses who you are and you have clarity and confidence, then what's next? then it's, okay, maybe I'm going to change my social handles and maybe I'll put up a post. Maybe it's, I'm going to put a little something in my email signature. I change my Zoom screen, waiting room. Like I have out of office messages that have personality. Like to me, it it should be everywhere people are seeing you because it's brand reinforcement, but everybody has a certain threshold and you need to find the minimum that you'll do and then go from there. When we're talking about people that are entrepreneurial, they're within large organizations, how cognizant of their organization's values should they be in their own personal representation? That's a good question. So I just actually wrapped up a whole series of workshops with employees at a major firm. And it was all about, they call it personal branding. I call it personality branding. And it's like, how can you be yourself in an organization? What does that look like to be your own quote unquote brand when you work for another company? And I would say you hopefully are working for an organization whose values you agree with in some way, shape or form. Although I know people that don't, that have jobs with specific organizations where they're completely antithetical to who they are and they find a way to justify it. And it could be that they need a paycheck or they're, they want to fight the good fight from the inside, whatever your mission is. But I think it's important for you to recognize who you are and then think about how does that correlate with the values of your organization And it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be a hundred percent aligned, but like maybe part of it is aligned and you can then again, use those two things in tandem. And then the things that maybe are not so much, maybe you just discard those for for the time being, or don't worry about them. Maybe that's something that becomes something that you want to work towards that it bothers you and you want to raise the flag and, and talk to your stakeholders and, you know, managers about it. 
But I think it's most important first to figure out how do you feel comfortable being yourself in the office and express your own capabilities. Then you can say, okay, now how does that align with the mission, vision, and values of the company? Yeah. I was doing a workshop recently and uh, we were talking about the about statement and the bio that we put out in different places. And we looked at what they had and I said, would you gladly sign up to do that job that you've just described again? And they're like, oh no, like I hate 90% of the things that I'm talking about in my bio. And I think it's really interesting how we gravitate to what we perceive as hard and challenging And we put that out there, even though we don't like it. Mm. I would even say it's not even that. To your point about earlier about conditioning, we're just conditioned to write our bios in this very jargony, prescriptive, useless way where it's just like a parking lot of words that mean nothing. And I think, and it's it's so funny because I do about statements. That's one of my things that I work with. And it's when you tell people, now you have to take out all the jargon and take out all the acronyms and tell me what you do in plain, clear language, their head explodes. And, but at the end, they're like, oh my God, like I realize, like that's just holding me back, making me more generic. And there's this mistaken notion that if you put in this fancy terminology, then people will automatically know that you're capable and you know what you're doing. And I argue it's the opposite. It just shows that you know how to throw words in there. But if you can synthesize it in plain language, then you actually know what you're doing. And then you can maybe add back in some of the specific terminology that you might need. But to your point, it's I think it's just like, we just are like, oh, this is what people expect. And so this is what I'm going to put out there. And then everybody says, my bio doesn't sound like me. I wonder why. Yes. <laughs> I I think a good takeaway, the thing that I'll always suggest to people is read your about statement, read your bio aloud. Mm, And if it makes you literally cringe, you need to work on it. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know how to start. That's the thing. It's like, they know it's, it's like awareness is like the first step. They recognize it. Now what? Now you need someone to help you figure out how do you tell that story in a better way? And it might sound jargony and horrible, but how do I make it not? Yeah. So that's when you need, you know, to bring in people that can help you or ask, ask friends. I always tell my clients, they need to try to write their bio as if they're talking to their grandmother. Yep. So they're like five-year-old niece or nephew or child. If you yes. can explain it to someone who has no idea what any of these words mean, your industry, your job, whatever, then you've won. Absolutely. Yeah. Great advice. Over the last month, I have seen just a tremendous number of people leaving their jobs. Yeah, the great resignation. Right. Like we're seeing that. And I think I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and I'm really curious her perspective about it. I think we just really are craving change. Uh, More so than we're looking for a new job. I think we're craving change. And we know that um, divorce is expensive and it takes a long time to grow out bangs. And so we're like, what can I do? Uh, yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of open opportunities in the workforce right now. And so we're like, yes. And the thing that I've been talking about a lot is how do we 
go into a search so that we are not just picking, oh, the grass looks greener over there. It actually is going to allow me to be a better expression of myself. Okay. So a couple of things, and I might need you to remind me of like the rest of the question, but I think, I do think people are craving change, but I also think people are just fed up. And I think that the past two years has shown people what they don't want and what's possible. And as much as we all are zoomed out and virtualed out, it opens up opportunity for you to not be confined to a space in an office and be able to do new things and try new things. And it's shown a lot of companies that like their employees don't actually need FaceTime. And that's, that's a myth. And even though we might want it, it's not necessary. So I think that's one thing. Remind me the second part of your question. How do we pick, how do we go forward in the journey of saying, okay, I know I'm fed up. I don't want this. How do I make a better next choice? I think it's important to recognize that you have more control than you think, right? It's dating. When you go on a date and you're like, I don't know if he likes me or she likes me. What do you like them? Like you have a say as well. And it's the same thing in a job. Just because something looks good and maybe they entice you and they want you, do you really want to be there? What are they offering you? Is this the lifestyle you want? Is it, is it the money you want? Is it the role you want? Ask people you know, who work there, try to find out and do a little fact checking and digging. And then if you're going out on your own as well, it's also important to think there's the re- the fantasy reality of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And I call my own shots and I'm my own boss. And, and I joke all the time that I have the greatest boss in the world because it's me, but I also have a thousand employees, which are me all doing. It's thinking about the, the reality of what could potentially be be your reality, not just your idealized version and writing. I'm not a pro con person, but you could write out a pros and cons. If I do this, what will it give me positively? What could it potentially give me negatively? And I would say, just think critically about what you're really, what do you really, what's your end goal, right? It's like when you talk to a client and they're like, well, I need this. And I'm like, well, why do you need that? What do you actually want to achieve? And it's the same thing for us. What do you want to achieve with this job switch? And will your next move get you there? Or will it get you closer? Because we're not all going to step into goodness and deliciousness immediately. That just doesn't happen for most people. <laughs> yeah. I think the the thought exercise of what do you really, I call it the spice girls, right? What? Tell me what you want, what you really want. We're going to go there. Okay. I don't want to know like surface level, like yep. I want to be done at three every day. Tell me what you really want. If you yeah. say that you want to be done at three, what you really want is freedom. Okay. Well, what freedom is available to you today? Mm. Have you asked for what you want? Because so many people are just like, no, that doesn't work like that. And it might, but you have to ask. Yeah. And saying I want to be done at three. What does that mean? You're starting at 5am You can say, I want to be done at three, but are you going to be able to finish all the work that you want to do and make the money you want and have the life you want, right? To your point, like that's just, that's a simplification. Yeah. So I think when you work, I, I joke that I'm unemployable, meaning I know that I can't be told what to do from another person, but I also am quote unquote told what to do by all of my clients. If you think about it, granted, I am the business owner and I come in and I share my expertise, but at the end of the day, if they tell me they want to drive the bus in this direction, I can argue to the cows come home. But at the end of the day, I'm going to take that bus in that direction. Yeah. Again, it's just, 
thinking, being much more aware of, again, what are you really wanting out of your career and your journey and how can you get there? And it takes a long time. How long have you been on your entrepreneurial journey? So I went freelance as a copywriter in 2009. I was permalance though for a long time at a small agency. And then I started this iteration of my business in 2018. So not even four years. It feels like 40. But I will say the first couple of years, rough, obviously you work your, and I'm still, I'm working my ass off. I have support. Like I have a coach and I have a virtual assistant and I hired a bookkeeper and I other amazing women entrepreneurs in my world and who share advice and I'm in groups and you can't do this alone. So it's not even like this, the solopreneur is also a myth because you're never solo. You have to be surrounded by people. And I feel only in the past year, do I feel like I'm really hitting my stride in terms of business and growth and who I am and the confidence that I have and what I know that I deliver. And I'm always evolving that and changing it. So it definitely is not something like you're going to flip the switch and a year into your business, it's going to be easy and over. It's ever changing and growing. I think for me, there's a cyclical nature of my feelings in the business, right? Like It's hard. It's really hard. I start to feel like I'm in some flow. Okay. This is interesting. I'm in a good place. Then I want to light a match and I want the entire thing to burn to the ground (laughs) and I want to do something else. And it's, it's a cycle. I recognize it as that. Sometimes I have to push through. Sometimes I have to just recognize here's where I'm at, but I love that you're talking about the different support channels that you've leaned on. Because I think that there is this myth of, I'm going to do this. It's going to be my own thing. And and then you think you have to bear the brunt and the weight of it all too. And you don't. You can get support. And I think there's so much more support now than there was four years ago. Certainly more than there was 17 years ago when I was starting my business. Like, yeah, it was, it's different. It's very different. I say like the most important four letters in business are H-E-L-P. Uh, like the minute you ask for help in your business, things will open up for you, right? Because to your point, like we do think we have to do it all on our own. And in fact, you're never doing it on your own anyway, because like you need customers and you need clients. And so you're never just, unless you're producing something that nobody sees and nobody touches and you don't have to market it and you don't have to sell it. And I don't know what that would be. Um, yeah, like, I don't either. That's not, this is not reality. But the minute you tell someone, you know what, I need help. Do you know someone who can do X for me? Or do you have a, someone I can talk to? Or what do you think about this? Like that willingness to admit that you don't know everything that you, and to me, that's, that was when the day everything changed for me. It's the day that I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to continue to grow my business if I don't ask people who know more than I do. Mm. I love that. I love that. And there's a vulnerability to it. Agreed. Yeah. It's, and I think women are better at it than men, but like men ask for help. They just don't probably call it help. They say, yeah. Hey, let's go out for a drink or let's hit the golf course. And I'm going to pick your brain. Let me, can I pick your brain about something? That's like the yes. male version of a woman being like, Hey, can I ask your advice? Or can you help yeah. me with this? It's all the same. Like everybody 
it's just relationships and finding people that know things that you don't, admitting that people know things that you don't. And it's also about bringing in people that not only know things that you don't, but do it better than you. And that's fine. There's a reason that I have a bookkeeper. They know finances. They know things that I don't want. Could I learn QuickBooks? Yes. Do I want to? Is that a good use of my time? Hell no. Well, and yeah. I think that also speaks to let, don't let one barrier decide that you can't or shouldn't do something. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Danielle, when you think about what's flowing really well in your life right now, what's bringing you a lot of joy? Oh my God, there's a lot of things right now for me, but interestingly enough, the thing that's bringing me the most joy is teaching as opposed to doing. So it's interesting. I actually left the corporate world because I was a copywriter in corporate, like in marketing. And when I became more managerial, you become less execution and more delegation and direction. And I just was like, no, but I want to be, I want to write. That's why I do all this. So I'm a writer. And of course, identity politics, I'm a writer. Of course I have to write. And I am a writer, but now I'm finding that I want to do less work where I'm writing deliverables with a deadline and more talking to groups, training, working with clients in a capacity where we're having conversations and I'm showing them how they can do things on their own and empowering them. And so to me, I never would have thought that I was a teacher. I'm not the most patient human being, but for some reason, I like love this and I get so much joy in the feedback of people who are like, my God, I never knew that I could, like my bio feels so much more like me, or I never knew I could express myself this way. Or I always thought it wasn't professional to be myself in the workplace. And that like light bulb of people just being like, like I feel lighter and I feel so much more natural. There is nothing more rewarding than that to me. I look at it as for a long time, I was a fisherman. And then I started teaching people to fish and I got to see these people become fishermen too. And it was like, oh, wow, that's really fulfilling because now it's not just my expression of the joy. It's getting to see these people's expression of the same joy that I know. I love that. It's a great analogy. How can we find out more about you and your more than words? Copy.com is my website. That's the best way to find me. I have a newsletter. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you get my free out of office messages downloadable, which is another place to put your personality. I get more responses to my messages when I'm not in the office than when I send people actual emails. (laughs) And there's so much more accepting of the fact that I am not in the office doing work. People love to know what you're doing when you're not working. So I can just leave you with that. So that kind of answers your last question. Like, I just think people want to know who we are as humans. And it's just so important to remember that even if it's business, it's not just business. It's always people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, What is your go-to song when you want to up your energy? Ooh, Um, super, super embarrassing. (laughs) But one of my favorite songs to like work out to is Toxic by Britney Spears. That is not embarrassing. That is a great song. Like okay, there is fine. absolutely fine, but you have to do the weird hand gestures. Well, absolutely. The, the video. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I correct. feel like I need to have a very specific outfit. I don't have my flight attendant outfit. Handy, I don't either, but, but boy, yeah. I wish I did. <laughs> uh, what time do you wake up? Oh, 6.50. What's breakfast look like? 
I don't usually have breakfast because usually I go to the gym at eight and I come home and I have like brunch basically. So it might be leftover dinner at 11 o'clock. It could be, I make sourdough. It could be avocado toast. It might be eggs. Today it's congealed oatmeal. I was starving this morning when I woke up for some reason. So this morning I ate breakfast, but normally it's a hodgepodge. It might be a grain bowl. Who knows? Nice. Do you have a favorite ritual? My, so my morning ritual is very, like I wake up, I play some word games on my phone to get my brain going before I check email. Uh, I make coffee like from the French press, either cold brew in the summer or hot French press in the colder weather. I'm very seasonal with my coffee. And then I have my planner slash like journal. So I'll do like gratitude, but I also plan out my day and see what's on my plate. What are the things I want to do? I think about what I'm excited about for the day. Then I do a quick check of email and then I go work out. So a book you've given or recommended the most. Oh, I don't give a lot of, I read voraciously, but I'm not really a book giver. And I'm always just recommending usually what I'm currently reading. I don't know. I don't think I can, I might have to come back to you. Okay. So something that I used to give all the time is super cliche, but the, oh, the places you'll go, the Dr. Seuss book that used to be my go-to like graduation, birthday, like birthday milestone gift, all of that. And so it's probably the one I've given the most, but it's been a very long time. So it's probably time to switch that up. What are you reading right now? Oh, I'm reading Harlem Shuffle by Colton Whitehead, Colton Whitehead, something Whitehead. Oh God, I forget his first name. Yes. It's okay. It's okay. I'm forcing myself to read it. I don't know what it is. I'm not getting into the story as much as I would like, but I vacillate between nonfiction and fiction. And so I'm always reading either like a book on business or mindset or something and then fiction. So nice. Danielle, I've loved this conversation. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much.